Welcome to Basic Bible 101. This is Margie Smith and I'll be your teacher for today. And I just want to say a special thank you to those of you who have been listening to the podcast and have emailed me or posted a review on iTunes. You just have no idea what an encouragement it is to me and keeps me going. And so I just really so appreciate it. If you are new to Basic Bible 101, I want to encourage you to go to the website, basicbible101.com, and consider uh, getting the the notes to go along with this study or if you, all you can do is listen that's great too today's going to be a, a little bit tough to just listen to because we're going to cover the minor prophets I'm going to do kind of a quick review and it really will be so much easier if you have a chance to listen to this podcast while you're sitting down and you can make some little notes otherwise it's just going to be kind of a blur and it may just be that you need to wait and actually study the minor prophets at a later date. So if that's the case, just go ahead and skip this one and go right on to the next one, which she'll be up there within just a day or two. I have such good intentions, you know. (laughs) Okay, let's begin today's uh, lesson by a quick review of some of the prophets we've talked about already. Um, We are right at the end of the Old Testament, and there are quite a few very small books that are written by a prophet for a particular purpose. And each one of them are usually referring to something that's about to happen um, in order to warn the people to repent or whatever, or to encourage them. Each of the prophets have a different purpose in preaching to the people, the one that God gave them, the one that he's laid on their heart to share. Now, from up to this point, we had talked about some of the major prophets, primarily Elijah and Elisha, which if you remember during the time of the kings were the begin, sort of the middle time of the kings during Ahab and some of that time in their king Ahab and, and on after that. Um, they were able to work miracles. They were really well known throughout the land and really helped preach to the people to return to the God, the one God, uh, Yahweh, or um, uh, just the one that is the true God instead of all the idols that were so prominent in those days. After that, we talked about Isaiah and Jeremiah. Those were the last two prophets we talked about. Isaiah and Jeremiah are both about the same time, were, were prophets at about the same time, and were prophets in different ways. Like Isaiah was very poetic in a lot of his writings, whereas Jeremiah is much more crying and lamenting and watching the exile come about. And and he does see the total destruction of all of um, Judah. Uh, The northern kingdom had already been destroyed by that time. Finally, um, we had talked about Jonah. That was just a short little book, remember? And that was, uh, he was a prophet during, just a minor prophet, we would say, uh, during the time of Uh, King Jeroboam II, that's about 780 B.C., or right in there, 800 B.C. to 780 B.C. or so. And he was the one that, remember, he was swallowed by the whale, and then this whale spit him up because he was running from God. And then he ended up actually going to the capital of Assyria, to Nineveh, and preaching to the people and that they repented. Well, we are going to see that that repentance within about 150 years is totally forgotten and the city of Nineveh is just as bad as it ever was because we'll talk in a minute about a prophet who specifically mentions uh, Nineveh and and just says you know you you really have blown it now destruction is coming 
Okay, there are several ways that we can break up the kind of group, the prophets, and some of them we're not really sure of the dates that they preached. And so what I am going to do is to sort of take it by what I think or what from my study appears to be chronological order as we've done all of Basic Bible. But know that some people would argue with the dates that I um, will use and there are there is controversy over it. It just kind of gives you an idea of who was preaching when and if you can while you're doing a study of the minor prophets look back to what was happening in, happening in Israel at the time either through first and second kings or first and second chronicles you'll get a better feel for why the people needed this particular prophet uh, and it may be that their, their prophecies were relevant to more than one generation and so um, perhaps that's why we don't really see a, a definite indication of when this prophet um, really preached because it may be that his words uh, lasted much longer than um, we, we give it credit for. Okay, so let's look and we will start with Amos. Amos was just a farmer rancher type guy, kind of a country boy. A contemporary of uh, more than likely Isaiah. He, he's preaching at about the same time as King Uzziah and King Jeroboam II are uh, ruling over Israel. Um, it, it, he does. He is a prophet to the northern kingdom, and that's another way you can separate out which prophet um, belongs where. There's the northern kingdom, and then there's the southern kingdom, Judah. As we have talked about Israel being split in two at this time, and so Amos is one of the ones that preaches to the northern kingdom, even though it's very likely that he grew up in Judah, and the Lord just called him to the northern kingdom. Basically, his book is a call for social justice, a turning away from the uh, oppressing the poor and bribery in the courts and dishonest business practices. His whole message is one of, if you love God, why are you not showing it in the way that you live? And that God will judge the people by the true religion, by their heart, um, not just by doing what... Um, you know what they have to to get by what God's really wants to see is them changing their outward actions so that they're doing what is right today we might say that um, if you have a particular political persuasion and yours is a little bit more social minded that you would be right in line with Amos in saying hey we need to change people we need to change our um, culture to one of um, caring about the poor all right, let's see. After Amos, or about, let's see, pr uh, probably, perhaps even while Amos is still preaching, but probably a little bit after Amos, comes Hosea. And Hosea, again, is preaching to the northern kingdom, which at, at this time, 767 to 715, is still in existence, although it's getting all kinds of heat from Assyria, as Assyria is beginning to get closer to invading the northern kingdom of Israel. Uh, Hosea is a contemporary of Isaiah and Micah as well. Uh, Micah we'll talk about here in a minute. Micah was a, a prophet to the southern kingdom. So um, while Hosea is preaching in the north with um, Isaiah and Amos, we have some other prophets that are preaching into Judah, the southern kingdom. And Hosea's book is primarily a promise a story of how God loves his people and how even when they're 
wicked and unfaithful that he is still faithful. Um, those of you that may have done a study or heard of a study of Hosea, it's really the story of a man who marries a prostitute and she runs away from him and goes back to her prostitution. And yet God tells him to go and redeem her again and bring her back. And so he does and he loves her despite her unfaithfulness. And he names, God has him name the children that they have or that um, Gomer, his wife, has uh, through her infidelities by certain names like um, names like um, uh, not my people, that you are not my people because God is saying, you know, your infidelity, your unfaithfulness to me shows me that you really don't care about worshiping the one true God. So Hosea is a great book to read. I would encourage it. It's a great story of um, redemption. Finally, the book of Joel, which I'm going to put here, even though we don't know for sure when Joel uh, prophesied. He could have been earlier or later or even during the exile. We don't know for sure, but I'm just going to stick him in here because it kind of fits with uh, what was going on, the coming destruction. But it, but Joel's pr um, prophecy is primarily one of asking why has this natural disaster happened and the natural disaster is uh, invasion of locusts and the locusts completely destroy the land all the crops everything and so the, the land is just dry and dusty and the people are dying of thirst and they're starving and so naturally at a time like that people turn to God and say where are you God and what what does this mean why did you do this and so Joel is preaching for the people to repent. He has a he calls the priests and says, you know, to, uh, call for a day of fasting. We need to repent and turn back to God, and that He is faithful to forgive. The last part of Joel is about God's forgiveness of His people. All right, then in in the Southern Kingdom, we'll start with Micah. Micah was a contemporary of Isaiah, as I said a minute ago. He was from a small town south of Jerusalem. And he watched Israel's enemies slowly destroy her. He saw what was happening in, in the northern kingdom and would preach to the um, Judah saying, this is about to happen to you. God's judgment is right at hand. But in his uh, prophesying, there's also a promise of the coming Messiah. In fact, he's the one that refers to the king that will be born in Bethlehem, the ruler. And so that's how, during when Jesus is born, they refer back to the scriptures of Micah that said he would be born in Bethlehem. As you've seen in some of the things we've already studied, uh, prof, uh, promises of where he would grow up, that he'd be from Galilee, you know, that was in Isaiah. So um, this is the time in Israel's history when they are um, so far gone, and God knows they're about to be totally taken over by um, foreign uh, countries and he's promising them that it won't always be this way okay then uh, Nahum we'll talk about Nahum for a minute he's a contemporary of Jeremiah and if you remember Jeremiah was the one who actually preached even through the time when Babylon came through and totally swept away all of the people and took them to off to um, Babylon the thing you know there were a few people that were left and so Nahum is basically preaching um, that to Nineveh to Assyria and it's remember that's the place that Jonah went and he's preaching about 150 years after Jonah and saying that um, their cruelty would come to an end 
that even though God had allowed them to overcome Israel, that God would judge them, which of course he does. Then, of course, all of um, the northern kingdom, which was ruled by Assyria at that time, then is taken over by Babylon. Um, he is talking about um, how just because God gave favor to this country, this um nation of Assyria and they were able to um, take over Israel that that was God judging his people it was not that that um, Assyria was so much better and so therefore God would now bring judgment upon them which of course he does when Babylon comes in and takes over everything after Nahum we see uh, Zephaniah as one of the prophets that shows up for just a short time probably around 623 to 612 BC and he is actually from the lineage of King Hezekiah like King Hezekiah was his great 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 grandpa or something like that and so as he is preaching he has a little bit more authority because he kind of comes from a royal line and he preaches during the time of Josiah and if you remember Josiah was the young man who was only eight years old when he becomes king and he makes tremendous change and uh, destroys the idols and really turns to God. Well, Zephaniah was very instrumental in that. Zephaniah was the one who preached saying, if we don't repent, God will judge. And the people do repent. So, and then in this book also, there's a promise of future blessings. So it's one of the prophets that can say that they were successful, even though the success was short-lived with the people of Israel. And then finally, the last king or prophet that we'll talk about for the southern kingdom is Habakkuk. Uh, he was a contemporary of Jeremiah, pretty much right about the time of 615, 606 to 615, somewhere in there. Um, the king during that time was Jehoiakim. And if you remember, that was just a really dark time because Israel is about to be taken over. All, all, of, Israel, all of Judah and Israel, the northern kingdom, is about to be taken over by Babylon. And so he sees this coming disaster, and he asks the question, why does God seem to ignore this sin and let the evil per, uh, persist? And if I can understand his prophecy because it had been prophesied for quite some time that if the people didn't change, that God would bring about uh, his uh, judgment. And even though they did change somewhat during the time of Josiah, they went right back to their evil ways, and it is argued that even during the time of Josiah, a lot of them just did what they had to do because the king required it, not necessarily because their heart changed. So at, at the time of Habakkuk, we see um, Habakkuk saying, why, are, why is God letting this go on? Um, and of course, God doesn't let it go on forever. He, he seems to ask, why do the wicked prosper? And of course, we always have that question in our lives too. Why is it when we seem to do what is right, that God, that, you know, still bad things happen to us, and, and yet the evil people seem to just prosper. And so what this book Habakkuk is so good at is um, really showing how um, we, our faith is made perfect in God's goodness, and that um, he's the one that will um, bring about his peace in his time and his judgment so that we should have confidence in God that he is still at work even when we can't see him working. So that's a very hopeful book if you get the chance to read Habakkuk. Okay, then we come to the time of the exile, which we started to refer to last 
in our last podcast, when Israel is in all of Judah, all the whole country, north and south now, is taken over by Babylon. And so much of Judah, so many of the people are carried away to Babylon. And so while they're there, they're called the exiles. They're in exile in Babylon. And there are at least three prophets who preach during this time. Uh, Jeremiah, of course, preaches part of this time. And we'll learn about Ezekiel in a few weeks. But the three minor prophets that we're going to look at are Zechariah, Haggai, and Malachi. Uh, the first two preach at about the same time, Zechariah and Haggai, and they're both preaching to the exiles a, a message of encouragement. Zechariah is saying, okay, King Cyrus, who has taken over all of Babylon, the Persian um, regime has taken over now, and King Cyrus is allowing the Jews to go back home some of them and so the ones that are returning were given the task of rebuilding the temple it was not only was it symbolic that they would rebuild the temple but that they wanted a something that they could then say okay we worship God and so it was also a great encouragement spiritual encouragement to the people Zechariah's message is one of um, promises of the promises of God is love and um, mercy he his preaching is during the time of Ezra which we'll talk about Ezra here in the next little bit Ezra is one of the priests that lead the people back to begin rebuilding the temple and so Zechariah is basically preaching to this group um, what we might call the ones who are returning from exile um, and in his book is the promise of it talks about the Messiah and he uses that phrase uh, you'll recognize him because he will come on the colt of a donkey and if that sounds familiar for remember when Jesus came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday as we call it today he was riding on a donkey the colt of a donkey so that once again another prophecy uh, pointing to Jesus Finally, then, Haggai is the last minor prophet. We'll just, oh, I'm sorry. There is one more after Haggai. Haggai uh, preached about 520 B.C. And his prophecy, his book, is short, and it's short for a very good reason. His primary purpose is to remind the people why they're back in Jerusalem. Because the people get there, and they get discouraged. They start rebuilding the temple, and it's hard work, and they don't have food. And so they they, they figure they better spend some time building, you know, planting crops. And so during the time that they're, they're kind of resettling, they get kind of lax about their main goal for being there. And so God begins to cause all kinds of problems for them. Um, they They suffer from some you know inflation from you know their money just doesn't seem to go far enough they uh, their food doesn't seem to last and so Haggai is saying um, return to your first pr uh, priority which is God and that his love and blessings will f will follow which they do okay then the last minor prophet um, preached in about 433 BC it's the last we hear of the Old Testament for about 400 years there's a silence and Malachi's prophecy, uh, preaching is that Israel is lukewarm, that now that they've returned and now that things are, have somewhat settled and they are a new people, they're, it's as though they're defeated and they're just kind of going through the motions of doing what they have to do, not because their heart is really truly glad. And so he calls for a change of heart. 
um, not just enough to get by, but a real change. And then once again in his book is the promise of the Messiah, which he refers to as um, e that God will send a messenger. And specifically, he refers to him as Elijah. Remember that Jesus refers to John the Baptist as being the Elijah that would come before the judgment of God. And so this, this phrase is, um, begins in the book of Malachi. Okay, so that's pretty much a rundown of the minor prophets. Those of you with the student book, you will find on the next to the last page a brief rundown of what I just said so that you can go back and look at it again and say, okay, that's who this particular prophet was. For the next week, we are going to cover Daniel, which will just be in a day or two, I hope. Uh, Daniel, and then we only have three lessons left of the Old Testament, and then we'll begin the New Testament. The Old Testament, um, of course, is going to end with the Israelites back in the land and uh, just a time of silence, as we mentioned after Malachi. But when Israel is taken away um, from, uh, and Judah is taken away to Babylon, uh, they take away the brightest and the best. And so Daniel, who we'll talk about in our next lesson, is one of these um, exiles, and he really distinguishes himself. Um, after uh, Daniel is preaching and seeing that God is at work in the very place that he's at, he actually prophesies about the coming takeover of uh, ba uh, Babylon by Persia. And so we'll see that next week. So I'm going to sign off for this little short podcast. The only real purpose of it is just to give you a little rundown on these books that we won't get into in detail because they really are far more than basic Bible can cover. And each one of them would make an interesting little study. So if you get the chance and you just want to read through one of them at a time, and some of them, like I said, are only one or two chapters long, they would make a nice little devotion. Okay, in the meantime, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.